Ladies and gentlemen, people of all gender expressions, thank you for checking out the North Bank Media Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Strevens. And joining me on the show this evening was Adam Knockbauer. Uh, Adam, along with his partner, Bill, business partner, Bill, uh, co-founded and they continued to co-manage uh, Snake Lake Brewing in Sylvan Lake, Alberta, where Adam also works as the sales manager, as well as I'm sure many other hats that he wears. Um, you know, there's a real vibrant culture of craft beer and breweries in central Alberta and Alberta generally, and, and Snake Lake is, is, is another one of those, founded in 2017, but um, they make award-winning beer, like uh, they've been recognized nationally for their product, and I, I was able to sample a few of them on the show, and I can attest to it personally, it's great beer, so definitely if you're at the liquor store looking for a, a, a new beer, uh, definitely give Snake Lake a try. Um, I think this show is, is looking to do this more and more where we sit down with entrepreneurs and we talk to them about why did they decide to go uh, into a venture that they themselves are running? You know, why did they leave the, the nine to five lifestyle behind to, to build something bigger? And um, Adam is a great candidate for that. And it was a, a joy to sit down and have him speak frankly about where his life was with all the risk and reward of, of, of working in one, uh, you know, vocation and and now to to where he runs his own business and can be more present as a father and a, and a husband so um you know we had some good times we had some laughs and we we got down to a few uh, a few real important truths i suppose about about what it means to be an entrepreneur um a big thanks to ali stone of course my friend and, and adam's friend as well as a business partner in some sense a business connection that adam has uh, for making this connection between us, um, of course, if you run a small business, if you're an entrepreneur, if you have a story you'd like to tell, please uh, get in touch with us and uh, we can definitely make that happen uh, through the North Bank Media Podcast. But in the meantime, pour yourself a frosty one and enjoy this one, a conversation with Adam Knockbauer. <laughs> Adam Knockbauer, thank you for uh, making the time. And uh, man, I love your beer. Good to see you in person or virtually. <laughs> <laughs> right on, man. I'm glad you like it. What's uh, what are your favorites? Well, I had I I'll be honest. I just stopped off at Sherbrooke Liquor in Edmonton this evening, and I got the Sidewinder IPA, and I chugged two of those down with dinner. And those are those are nice. Those are nice. <laughs> those are what six point five percent or what? Yeah, they're uh, they're in the short can for a reason. Okay, yeah, no kidding. Right, uh, third one. I might be under the desk here, but and uh, yeah, we call it we call it getting sidewindered. Sidewinder. I I could see that, but man, it's I found it. Maybe it was just I don't know. You tell me. But the the carbonation, it seemed like it had a little extra. Like it had a nice bite, like a real sharpness to it. Is that is that accurate? Yeah, that's one of our like flagship beers we've had from day one but that's that's our best-selling beer we make it's got the biggest footprint across alberta and it's just like it's such an easy ipa to have mm -hmm. where people that are getting into craft beer that want to drink ipas but actually don't really like them it's perfect for them and <laughs> it's if you a long time beer like craft beer connoisseur and you mm -hmm. want a new england style ipa it, it, it's all checks all the boxes with that too like we got a gold medal for that beer out of alberta oh, and wow. it's been uh, well recognized Right on, right on. What? Why the name? Was there a certain? Was there something behind that? The sidewinder. Yeah. Well, Silver Lake. Yeah. So Snake Lake Brewing Company. 
Uh, we named it that because Sylvan Lake was originally named Snake Lake. Gotcha. Uh, way back, the name Kinnebec, like Connor Pilsner, is the Cree name for Snake Lake. That was the actual name. And then uh, Snake Lake was obviously the English name. So <laughs> we uh, named the brewery Snake Lake. A little bit of history there. Nice. And uh, Sylvan, they changed the name to Sylvan Lake in like 1903. Mm. Uh, there's 61 people in town. They threw a petition around uh, to change it from Snake Lake because that's a horrible name for town. Uh, and, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways they uh but long story short is silver lake was known for the water slides for the longest time right so the the, the wild rapids water slides were a huge attraction silver brought people in all the time they're gone now i think they actually sold them on kajiji to be honest really I think they had them on but uh <laughs> yeah so they're they're no longer on the shore but the sidewinder water slide was one of the main like main attractions of that water slide park so we named the beer after that just to so it could kind of live on. And it's it's tied to so many memories of so many different people. And you meet people down in Calgary or up in Edmonton, and they're, they're like, I remember that slide. I thought I was going to die on that. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> that was not safe so like, at all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so anyways, we figured we'd carry on that uh, that legend with our with that beer. And that happened to be one of what well, is our best-selling beer. We've got it's several several awards for it and it's just something that you can sit down and have and it's still got full-blown New England IPA but mm. very bad. Absolutely it's definitely got like that 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 fruity citrusy angle to it but it's, it doesn't come on too strong like it's not skunky it's just it's very easy anybody could could enjoy that beer. Yeah we call it like we have so many tourists that roll through town like we call our stuff lake beers like it's they're pretty chill everything right. we do is Late edition, boil hops, not overly bitter, lots of dry hopping, get lots of flavor and aroma in there, but not uh, not blow your taste buds out of the back of your head. Exactly. And I think it's cool that you guys went with with Snake Lake because I guess that would have been the like the 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 indigenous name for the for the area before the you know, before colonization, that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, just a little bit of history. It's cool. Like craft breweries are always well, not always, but a lot of the time tied to the history of a region or an area mm-hmm. or has, and you can always go into one of them and learn learn a little bit about something that you didn't know about before. So it's kind of cool you walk into ours and all the beers have different uh, ties to monuments and different portions of time throughout the, the lifespan of Sylvan Lake. And you can kind of pick up on a few key people that helped build the, the town to what it is today and a diff- few different things that like brought people in and why this town kind of grew. Right so on. I think it's beers associated with that and... Mm-hmm. It's kind of cool to carry that on. And I'm learning too, like we opened the brewery and I get to learn all this sweet history about our town and spend some time in the archive. Cool. And yeah, I mean, it's, it, there's a real culture developing around beer and craft beer these days, it seems like. Maybe in the last 10 years or so, do you find that? Oh man, that industry is so cool. So can I tell you like a little bit about my background? Yeah, please. So like I come, I'm a heavy duty mechanic. I used to pull uh, wrenches on natural gas engines and compressors. Mm-hmm. So I did that for about 14 years in the oil field. And everything there is hush-hush, cutthroat. Everybody's after your job. You, you don't mess up. You work long hours at 2 in the morning. Out there, minus 30, by yourself, working away. Anyways, then we come along and decide to go after this. And how that like actually happened was Bill and I, my business partner, uh, we were homebrewing at the time and decided that we should uh, start a homebrew shop. Okay. And then we were on the homebrew equipment. And uh, then got just kind of fell in love with the industry. And one night when we were brewing at his place, had a couple too many maybe. And uh, decided Sylvan Lake's a place for a brewery. We need to make that happen. So we completely bailed on the homebrew shop. And the next morning I called him. I was like, man, are you serious about that? Like I was, I was pretty serious. And he said, yeah, let's do it. So we put together a business plan and kind of worked our way into this industry. We started with a professional brewer. We don't make our beers. I still homebrew wow. probably like 
once, twice a month now, depending on if my Commodore supplies running out. But, uh, but yeah, like we have professional brewers that do our beers and they've done a great job right from the start, like the award-winning stuff. So, but then to join this industry where everybody's so open when we were building the brewery, like blind man brewing, troubled monk, siding 14, all those guys led us into their, take pictures of steam lines of electrical lines of water, like all the stuff that they're doing and everything that they kind of like issues they had along the way. So it's cool to like be welcomed into this industry and they want to see us succeed. And now to this day, like we still have blind men, they'll call us and be like, Hey, you need a five kilogram bag of hops. Can you set us up with that? And yes, of course. And same thing like Charles Monks needed can lids before we've driven those out to them. And we've needed stuff too, like run on ground lids. Of course, someone's there to help you, but the industry is so cool. And that I think that's why it's growing. And like, you're getting this really inclusive industry based on a product that we're Canadians. We love beer. So to have locally, locally sourced like our, our grain you're driving by fields of world-class grain that gets shipped all over the world and it's in our backyard we get to make beer out of this stuff on a daily basis so it's really cool to see that industry grow and be with so many key components that are all inclusive and everybody's working together and then to have the customer base the same too like people are rolling in they want to know about the beer they they're interested in how it's created they're interested in the craft behind it and it's not just smashing a 24 pack around a campfire which I do love to do, but, uh, but there's, it's, it's the industry, right? Like it's fun. This is a piece of art. Like these, yes. these beers, there's thought and love that goes into each pint. So it's cool to see what the, the brewers put together. And I think that's why that industry is growing because it's not just crushing beers. Like there's, there's a lot to it and a lot of, a lot of love that goes into this stuff. Absolutely. It, it's an art. Yeah. It's a labor of love. It's all that. Now, was there no brewery in Sylvan Lake before you guys founded Snake Lake? No. We were the first. Okay. And you were home brewing like as a hobby? Yeah. I Well, like I say, I still do, but I had like a all grain stuff, like mill my own grain, five gallon batches. Yeah. Like actually making craft beer, but it's just your, I, I mean, your consistency is always a little off because you have a little less water, a little more water or whatever. Like sure. it's not like I knew my skill set would not lend to me brewing on a commercial level, but I do know how to make beer. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, yeah, you know how to make it, but maybe not in large quantities. Is that, it's like a... Uh, I'm just smart enough not to mess with that much money at once. Fair, oh, fair <laughs> enough, right, right. But it's nice to know the process and be involved in it. Well, that's very cool. So what is your role then, would you say, with Snake Lake? Um, well, I'm, I take care of all the outside sales. So anything you see, any liquor store, restaurant, um, that you see our beer, and that's, that's me and my team. I've got a sales team that I work with and distribution team. We... Yeah, I've got stuff all over Alberta. We've got beer from Fort McMurray to Lethbridge, Banff, Jasper, Edmonton, Calgary, Grand Prairie, anywhere, pretty much any city. There's uh, you can probably find a snake lake product. We've got some pretty big uh, partners in the industry that have helped us and supported us along the way, like uh, Sobey's Liquor, Original Jones. Like we've got like Co-op Liquor, Alcana is a huge one too. Like we've got a lot of a lot of companies that have worked with us, and based on the quality of our product, obviously it's right. something that sells. But, uh, but yeah, so that's my, I do the outside sales, uh, my business partner, Bill, he does all of our general managing of the brewery itself. So works with the brewers, the gotcha. tap room staff works with our ingredient ordering, um, all the shipping, receiving that kind of stuff. We've got, I think we, when we opened, we had four of us that were working at the brewery and, uh, now we've got 21 people there. Wow. So it's expanded quite a bit. And, uh, yeah, it's just funny that gradually happens, right? Then the next thing you turn around, you're like, who are you? Like, do, do you work here? Wow. And they have a, tell me, like, yeah, 
I've worked here for a couple of weeks. It's like, oh man, I don't get in here now. <laughs> I'm always on the road. Oh, right. But, Sales. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like always out of town, but it's really cool. And the team we have is fantastic. Our brewing team is amazing. Our, our taproom team does a great job of like making everybody feel welcome, giving that experience mm-hmm. for the, for the guests or the customer coming in just so we want to like pass that on, right? Like it's, you're coming out of your way to come to our tap and we want to make sure it's something you remember in a good way. <laughs> yeah, in a good way, yeah. And you do remember it. You don't overserve anybody. <laughs> nope, no, and that's the thing we shut down. Like, I mean, it's happened, not overserve, but sure. I mean, people have people had one too many. Wild, yeah. But, uh, but we have like, we shut down at like eight o'clock most nights, nine o'clock on like Friday. So we're not a late night place. We're not a place where people are sitting up till 2 a.m. killing beers. Like it's, we kind of support all the restaurants in town. They have put us on tap, so we make sure we shut down early so that other pe- like people go out and are there, right? Like, we don't want to ever be considered competition with people pouring our beer. That's not that's not what we want to do. Neat. So what was kind of that milestone moment where you guys, you opened the facility, you started brewing, and then you, how did that work? Did you have people that were actively buying beer from you, or, or you had to pound the pavement and make some sales, or what? It was, uh, it was just, you know, I, I left, so I quit my job as a mechanic on December 6th of 2017. Okay. And from then, so we opened on February 10th. Every day I was out talking to every liquor store I drove by, every restaurant. I had no idea what the industry was like. I had no idea even how to get into a restaurant. Like, wow. I, I didn't know how draft worked. Like, it's, it was a huge learning curve. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, I was good. So we just, like, basically did that pound of pavement. Door to door, met up with some good contacts, right place, right time, nice. a lot of things, and worked out really good. And then, yeah, within, yeah, like the, our open, we we had commitments from big companies like Central Alberta Co-op. Um, they took a ton of our, our beer right away, stocked nice. it on all those shelves, not, not even trying it. They just said, "Bring it to us, we'll stock it." And, and today, it's still on their shelves. I mean, so the product speaks for itself, then, right? Like, it's good beer. People seem to want to hey. keep buying it. <laughs> I like to think so. Yeah, yeah I no, really. I, hey, I'll I'll I'll, I'll uh, attest to that. It's uh, it's so far so good. I I'm just curious about like you. I I talked to a lot of people on the show who that's a similar path. It's like you're a heavy duty mechanic, but was there a dream in your life to to do more, do something more creative, more artistic, to get out of that lifestyle? And, and beer was it, or or did it, or what's that like? Well, to be honest, I kind of missed a step there in the middle is uh, I was trying to get the field anyways. And I was after I, well, I wanted to be a commercial pilot and I did that. I got my commercial license. Nice. I uh, did flights out of Red Deer to like charter stuff out of Red Deer to like Fort McMurray, Fort Nelson, Grand Prairie, stuff like that, which was freaking awesome, man. I love flying. Cool. It was a blast. And, uh, but I've got two kids, like I got a six year old and eight year old. And to be home more and to be like around and doing that dad thing in the morning. Like right now, I, when we built the brewery, I sold both my airplanes, sold my service truck, my motorcycle, my half time, ended up selling my acreage, a shop I hadn't sold in like, sold everything. I'm still married. My wife is still with me. You went so, all in. Yeah, all in, man. Wow. And yeah, so it was like a big life change. But yeah, I did have aspirations of sitting in a cockpit for hmm. A career, right? Like that's sure. what I was doing. And I still have my license. I can still go fly. Right. I just, uh, yeah, it's, it, that was the the route. I just needed something different. I was like making good money. I had my own business. Like as a mechanic, I was I was happy. Like I had a I had a good job. It's just like by the end of it, well, I guess I shouldn't say I was happy. I was starting to get more and more unhappy. But I was like, by the end, of it, I'm like, 
I would go to work and it would end up being like, I would go to work for like 16 to 18 hours, which I don't even know if it's legal, but I, I mean, it happened. And uh, the only person I'd see all day some days is the gas station guy on my way to or from work. If I stopped and had to get gas and then I have to talk this guy's ear off because I haven't seen him being in almost a full day. Sure. So, I mean, it got to the point where I'm like a fairly social person. I like to be out. I like to talk to, talk to people and, and do that. So it's, it started trying to find a way out and trying to find something different and it went into aviation and then automatically that uh, dropped for our beautiful golden brew. <laughs> Interesting. Why, that's, that's, that's very cool. So is it, or do you still do work as a mechanic or that's not, that's completely over with? No, I don't. I work on my own stuff. Like I, sure. I'm done with, I, I did it, like I say, for 14 years. It doesn't, I don't miss it at all. Like I have, I've got all my tools at home. So like I build motorbikes in my garage. Like I've got a hardtail I'm in the middle of building right now. And I've oh, got a couple cool. other like, so I'm starting to get the odd minor toy back. <laughs> but, sure. uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's been, I, I don't, yeah, I don't think I'll ever, well, I shouldn't never say never, but mm-hmm. I don't see it ever falling back into that. Um, there's other things that have my attention now and my interest. And I mean, it's something like I have the skill. I did it for that long. I can, I can fix stuff, but I just don't tell too many people because I don't want to start working on a bunch of That's other it. people's. Right. <laughs> That's like what you're the guy with the pickup truck and you're moving everybody, you know, it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, hands off. Yeah. I'm curious about what, like, because you could have just stayed as a mechanic and raised the family and done all that stuff and made a living. But what, what inside of you said, I have to at least try this creative pursuit, this business, this, this risk, you know, why? Cause a lot of guys wouldn't, right? Yeah. Most of it. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is maybe I don't think far enough ahead or I don't have that like risk meter that everybody has I kind of live day to day. But yeah, I was like, I, I want that, like, I want that home life. My kids are getting older. I was I would go to work like I say early, be gone at six, get back at nine, ten, eleven at night. Some I'm living in the same house and never seeing them. Wow. And uh, and I'm started to think like there's got to be something else. So I like started looking at real jobs. Right. And <laughs> and I figured I've been like an entrepreneur for for sure ten years because after I finished my apprenticeship, I started my business. Okay. And I didn't want to work for somebody. I I'm not. <laughs> maybe I'm not that good at following directions, right. but, <laughs> but, uh, anyway, so like it, I, I wanted that morning and now like I, I've got this wicked routine. I get up in the morning, take my dog for like 4k walk, come back, wake my kids up, make them breakfast. I make them lunches. I take them to school and then I start my day. And so I get that every single day. I get this like, like real sense of home. Mm. I I'm current with what my kids are doing, what they're feeling, how things are going at school. Like, it's so cool to be involved and be that dad yeah. and, uh, and still get to do something that I love and passionate about. It's a great, cool career. Um, <laughs> still broke, <laughs> nothing like the oil field, sure. but, uh, <laughs> but it's, uh, it's good. And I like it, a big part of why the transition was family. Like I just wanted to be, mm-hmm. I wanted to be dad and I was, I was missing out on that and it was frustrating me. I think more than I actually acknowledged at the time. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's beautiful. And you say you're broke, but you probably don't feel broke, right? You don't feel like you're lacking. No, man. It's like, it's so fulfilling. I love what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I, well, I mean, there's, there's a fair abundance of beer, which is nice, but <laughs> everything feels but no, good. <laughs> my, uh, I, it's almost like you don't need that, mm-hmm. that huge thrill on your days off. Like you don't need the high power quads or the RV or anything mm-hmm. because what I'm doing every day makes me 
pretty damn happy. And then I come home and get to have this like fun family. We've got a great little house here in Sylvan. We're close to the water. We do a lot of paddleboarding. We do a lot of swimming, like stuff like that. And we go ice skating all winter. So we've got lots of activities, but it's just like I scaled down the, the, I, I don't know what you'd call it. The grand, how grand your sure. extracurricular activities are. You don't get <laughs> it. Cause I'm, I'm not like, there's no void. I'm, I'm happy getting up, going to work and I'm watching a company in a building that I built grow every day. And that's, uh, it's, it's pretty damn cool. I'm, I'm very proud of what we did. And I'm like, I'm so stoked on our guys and how they treat it like I do. And it's, it's, uh, it's awesome, man. That's, that's incredible, man. I think that's, uh, those are the sorts of people that I've tried to target for this show is people who took the risk, who are building. I mean, the business is one thing, but your life and your business and, and your lifestyle, it's all one. It's, and you're becoming closer to being who you are, it sounds like, or who you could be. Yeah, exactly. As long as you don't have too many sidewinders. That's right. Lesson learned. <laughs> lesson learned. I'm going to have one more before this podcast is over, but then it's nighty night, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to ask you something and now I kind of lost it. Yeah. Uh, the, you were mentioning in the oil field, there's kind of this work hard, play hard mentality. Is that, is that how you see it? Like it's just such grueling, brutal work that you, to relax, you have to, you know, go to the max and snort Coke and wheelie your quad around town. <laughs> I'm not saying that's like, uh, that's everybody, sure. but there was, and definitely I did not snort any Coke, but I wasn't putting uh, but there was a lot of, uh, like, you made the money, right? So you feel like, I know you would, I had quads, I had dirt bikes, I had all sorts of, like, we had two airplanes at one point there, like, and one of them was just a bush recreational plane. Cool. Um, and, like, our acreage and stuff, like, we, we lived a really good life, which I, which I love. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, like, I, I don't find it, it's not like I need to remove myself, like, from that. And a lot of my friends now, too, are in the same industry and they're not doing that stuff. So like you take yourself out of that. I still have quite a few friends from back when I was a mechanic, but it's just, I don't, yeah, I, I almost think like, it's like you're out there making this money and working your butt off and then you like want to reward yourself. So you're like, oh, I'm going to buy this 800 fuel injected quad. I'm going to go rip up a mountain. Like, and that feels really good, but, uh, but it's just not, it, yeah. it's past kind of passed for me now and I don't I don't miss that stuff I mean I I love quads I spent many trips down to the sand dunes in Idaho mm. and like we did lots of fun stuff on them but yeah like when we were flying man we used to we, I had a twin engine Baron like, like really wicked little charter plane mm. and it would do like 400 kilometers an hour all leather interior nice. it was uh, de-ice I had autopilot on it but we'd like I'd call Aaron on my way home from work on Fridays and be like hey you want to go to Kelowna for dinner and we would hop in this plane and with our kids and fly to Kelowna, barbecue with some friends. It took like an hour and 11 minutes to get there and have a barbecue and then come back the next day. Like, and that was normal. And I look at it now, I'm like, what, what is wrong with you? Why did you spend all that money on something like that? Like that's, because right now it seems so wasteful, but it was a great memory, like doing stuff like that. Yeah, so. well, the experience and kind of uh, the pride of being able to provide such an experience to your family. It's like I could I could see the the attraction to that. Yeah, that's like the memories are amazing. We had a great time, but, uh, but just financially, I like I think about it now. I'm like, what were you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah what what would a what would an hour of fuel in that plane cost you? Was that the was that the big expense? 
Yeah, well, yeah, well everything with that thing was an expense. I <laughs> I never recommend buying a twin engine plane to anyone who is going to buy one. Okay. Just find a fast single. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it, would, it was a thousand bucks to fill the tanks, and you'd get maybe four hours out of that. So you could go to Kelowna and back twice. Okay. So it's not terrible, but oh. you're inspecting and all the other stuff, and you're just, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I hear you. But it, it's. It's funny, I talk about it now and it sounds like somebody else's life. Like, it's like, that that's right? not me. I didn't, I didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's wild, man. I mean, you're the first guy I've ever talked to that owned a plane and was flying it around at will. So that's, is that common? That can't be. I don't think it's common. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So was there, a, was there a moment in your, where you were alone or was there a moment where you realized it was like you had to make this transition into, into, what you're doing now or was it just a, a gradual shift of like i think i'm growing out of this i think i can do better it was a while of like yeah trying to find something different we are actually like we bill and i like those those are a good friend of mine that i met in the oil field so he's an instrumentation tech okay. and i actually met him here's a little side sure. note we uh i met him it was like two two in the morning i was on a site called six to 22 41 five i think it was and I got called out to this engine. It was broken, not running, and they needed. It was one of their high producer like compressors. So these engines compress natural gas to push into the Transcanada pipeline. Okay. So, anyways, I'm working on this engine, and this instrumentation tech shows up. Some guy I've never met before in my life, and uh, and I just found out like the day before that we were having a baby, like our first baby, and uh, we weren't telling anyone, weren't telling my parents, weren't telling my sister, like nobody. Mm-hmm. So this is killing me. Now it's two in the morning. I'm working on this engine. This random stranger shows up and starts working there beside me. And I'm like, hey, man, I got to tell you something. And he's like, what? I'm like, we're having a baby. We're not telling anybody. So I just had to tell somebody. I was like, I just need to tell you. And he looks at me. And he's like, you know what? We just found out two days ago we're having a baby. And we're not wow. telling anyone. It's like, oh, cool. That's awesome. So like we fixed the engine, went on our separate ways. It's like, I'll never see that guy again. <laughs> and sure, sure, shit, the next, next site I go to, there's Bill. And then after that, I ended up going to his house for a beer. And then next thing you know, we're hunting together. And then we're starting to like try to find a way out of the oil field. And so we like, huh. we're trying to find different things. We actually looked at a company in Campbell River that produces like a plastic company. They made uh, docks and stuff like that. Yeah. So like we had looked at like this company that produces these docks. And we're like, maybe we should buy this company. We got the financials to an accountant. They said, dude, I'll buy that company. And uh, went through a couple other ones. But that's weird. Like we were on a path to get out of the oil field and just like break away from that, that drive for the, the, the money basically, I guess. And it's not like it's, you're not addicted to it. It's not like, but it's just, it's such, it makes it really easy to go do a shitty job every day when you're getting compensated for it. Right. Like you don't even think about it. You're like, oh, I'm getting paid well to do this. Why wouldn't I? Hmm. So, but yeah, we just, it was like a trend. We slowly figured it out and, and then we ended up, uh, approaching the at Napa Auto Parts in Sylvan, they had this 5,600 square foot building, and uh, it wasn't actually for sale at the time either. But it was the only building in town that could house what we wanted to build. Right. And yeah, so then ended up buying this building, and we've got all our tanks in, and next thing you know, we're making craft beer, and it's fantastic. It's fantastic. Is that your slogan? <laughs> <laughs> what is the sl- is there a slogan or like a like a one liner for Snake Lake Brewing? You have like a tag? Yeah. In? So I'll tell you both because uh, right off the bat we had it hardworking, easy drinking, and uh, which is great. 
except a buddy of mine sends me a picture like three months after we open of the top of a full throttle energy drink oh. can and it said hard working easy drinking ah, like ah. full throttle energy. so that's garbage yeah so we that. i mean they got way better lawyers than us yeah, yeah so for sure I, so we changed it to work hard drink easy so that's our like central alberta kind of speaks to everybody and i don't know it, it works it's been since day one yeah, that works. Well, I guess three months in, day one after three months. Day, yeah, <laughs> right, right. Oh, we'll forget the three months. It's fine. So, talk to me about Bill. Then, he personality-wise, you guys similar, or you guys are kind of left brain, right brain, or how does like what's your relationship like with Bill? Uh, we got a great like relationship. We're good buddies. Um, he's completely the opposite of me. Okay. Yeah, he's our number guy. He will sit there if we're gonna buy a van he'll sit there and compare 12 vans for oh. four days so he comes out exactly which one's gonna be the best financial decision versus fuel mileage versus sure. weight it can haul he's our guy if we like I, this company would not exist without bill it's like insane i cannot tell you how important that guy is to what we're doing and what he does how much money that saves us and like just the, his his business adaptability i guess for different situations is it, it's amazing the guy's he's a legend yeah <laughs> shout out to bill man he's a legend yeah yeah <laughs> well i a few years ago i kind of started doing some freelance work for a startup company and i saw firsthand just how difficult it is to get a business up off the ground were there were there moments for you where it was like fuck this i'm going back to the oil field i'm going back to the quads i'm going back to that life did you want to quit ever <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, there was. I, there was one time when I was like pretty damn close. It just like going into a new industry with a new business was so much like we 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 all dumped in equal shares of cash into this company, like our life savings. And that uh, in that first year, it was pretty stressful because like to we we're a big brewery and to make those like the overhead margins and make your profit work and like actually get a running business that's like it takes a while to streamline everything especially with zero background so after that first year it was like there's some pretty dreary days when it's like i don't know what i did here like i'm hmm. stressed out and but we powered through all that and man it's been haven't looked back since it's been great since once everything started kind of rolling we had some systems in place some procedures and actually got like more of a real we i think we didn't realize like how big or like what an actual it was a real company we were, we were running right and uh, now that's kind of sunk in and now we've got like like i say like over 20 people working there right. so we have to have our heads on right it's not just like willy-nilly grab a beer at 9 a.m let's see how the numbers, let's see how the numbers look right sure. like it's where we we have grown in this process interesting <laughs> <laughs> willy-nilly grab a beer at 9 a.m i'm sure there were a few days like that maybe early <laughs> well it's so fun right you're like oh we're working a beer factory sweet oh we should try this new seasonal that's totally yeah, a no. beer, a, yeah okay a beer factory that's literally it yeah i mean you gotta sample the product and i suppose when you when you hire that first employee that must be a moment hey where it's like now nah, we're actually providing a livelihood for this guy or girl yeah, and that's like what was so hard with COVID too. Like when that hit, because we had such a good staff, uh, like group, and to to like when the first wave hit that first March, yeah, um, oh, yeah. we laid everybody off. Like the whole, we had sixty thousand liters of beer wow. we were sitting on, and we're like, if we never sell a drop of beer again, like how much money do we have to run? Like how, how many months can we make this? Right. And we had like 
three month window. So we had, we had some time to figure out what we were going to do, but retail like liquor stores picked up. Right. And so immediately started hiring everybody back. And then as the third and fourth and 15th, whatever wave we're on now kept coming, they, uh, we just stopped like laying people off. We just found stuff for them to do. The only time we ever had any like job cuts was that first wave because we, everybody panicked Mm. and then we brought everybody back and to this day, like even if there's like the restaurants shut down, right? Mm -hmm. That's like 50% of our, our wholesale goes out to, to our premise locations. So when that happens, like there's a huge drop for us, but now we've got it where we just keep everybody, we find stuff for them to do. Bill and I take a little bit of a cut and uh, mm. our other two partners, obviously too, but it's, it's more important for us to keep those people working. Like these people are all the, they, they're working for us doing us a, obviously we're paying them, but they're doing us a, a favor a service, right? Like they're, yeah. they're making our business better day to day. So to return that favor and, and even if it costs us a little bit to be able to keep them employed, like that's, that's pretty cool. Oh, that's awesome. So what was that? What was the, you know, the, the up, the, what was kind of the up and down of COVID like for you? Like initially it, it fucked you. And then you kind of, I mean, liquor sales probably never really dropped off too bad. Did they? Yeah. Well for us, they did. Like I say, we're like 50, 50 split sure. between liquor stores and, and on premise locations. So like with, with the retail, like liquor stores went up like 20%. Right. Um, but that didn't make up for the 50% we lost in restaurants. Right. So like our, we dropped off. There's other breweries. I know like I've got good friends that own other breweries that, that did very well because hmm. they were retail focused. Ah. So it's like, it just kind of depends where you were at at the time. And we're still so new to the industry. We've got such a, a push on restaurants and pubs to get that recognition, to get people at restaurants to see, be like, Hey, like snake Lake, it's good enough to be on tap at OJ's like, I'll go buy this from a liquor store yeah. so that it's touch more extra marketing. There's a little less selection when there's only 12 taps instead of like a hundred beers on the shelf kind of thing. But, uh, but yeah, that was a, a fault. If you're going to go into a pandemic, I recommend going retail. Go re- you heard it here, <laughs> folks. And we'll, there'll be more pandemics, Adam. Don't you, don't you worry. We'll get screwed again and again. <laughs> so that's interesting. Uh, was that a, obviously a decision by you as the sales kind of executive that a 50-50 split between retail and, and uh, restaurants? Honestly, it just kind of happened. Mm-hmm. Um it wasn't a, there was no forethought on that. We just kind of pushed liquor stores, pushed restaurants, and we had a lot more traction with restaurants and made some really good connections, good relationships, and we've just continued to grow with them. Honestly, like, if you're going to be out in the sales world too, restaurants are way more fun. Uh, there's a there's a way better connection, mm. like, with a lot, because you got that time to sit at the bar, right, and have a beer True. and hang out and visit with whoever and figure out what they need and what they like and how their customer base is. But in a liquor store, sometimes it's pretty black and white like you go in and this is the products we have and they'll either say yeah we have room or they or they don't and it's uh so there's two different games i really like retail because of the the uh the volume that can be attached to it like sobeys and co-op and alcana and those guys they have like flyers that go out um and like sobeys i like 300 flats in one purchase which is pretty amazing so there's lots of stuff that goes along with that too. Like wow. there's no right or wrong way to do it. And I, I don't know. I've talked to guys that are retail focused. I've talked, I know us, we're like on premise and retail 50, 50. And then you talk to guys that are solely their own tap room. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if there is a right or wrong way, but, uh, but yeah, that old shutting down restaurants changes a few things. No doubt. No doubt. Well, that's really interesting. Actually, 
a big company like Sobeys or Safeway taking you guys on, that must have been a, a pretty big moment, hey? Yeah, and they they're all fantastic partners. Like Alcana has done multiple flyers with us. Sobeys, like Andrew at Sobeys, is unreal. Like the guys throwing us so many cool opportunities. And, uh, and as well as co-op, like Central Bear co-op, uh, Calgary co-op, all of them, like these companies are really good to work with and they know what they're doing. So it's like, <laughs> put the paperwork in, you get it going, your beer's out and it's on shelves everywhere. Like if Sobeys is a flyer, that flyer is out of like 90 liquor stores. So our beer ends up on a shelf of like 90 liquor stores in Alberta, right? So you can now grab a six pack of the IPA at the Safeway or Sobeys in Fort McMurray. That's awesome. So it's like the, the marketing reach you get out of those retail partners is it's unbelievable and you can't match it. So like they have some pretty dang good buying power. No doubt. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, there's, I mean, for a small business owner, if you can partner with a huge corporation like that, it's like, it's not, they're not evil. <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're getting you no. paid. <laughs> no, I'm, that's the thing. Like they're the boutique craft stores that we do have a lot of our products in mm-hmm. are fantastic, mm-hmm. but craft beer drinkers shop in the big stores as well. Right. Like it's, it's not just, you're not just in the boutique store. So it, to have that presence in those bigger stores is it's, it's huge for us too. No doubt. And I'm thinking too, like you're like Sylvan Lake, is that central Alberta, I guess, right? Yeah. Like there's a few pretty big name breweries in that region, right? I'm thinking, oh, yeah. I'm thinking Blind Man. There's got, there's one in Red Deer yeah. that I went to. What's it called? Trouble Monk. Trouble Monk. Yeah. Is yeah. Just- and there's like Soft Brewing, Red Heart, Siding 14s around here, Hawktails up yeah. in Rimby, Rival Trade just opened in Rocky. And then Edmonton now is like, you know, there's sea change, there's situation, Campio. It's like, uh, what I'm thinking is like, isn't the market saturated or we're just a bunch of alcoholics? Like what's like. <laughs> we're, no, no, we're Canadians, man. We're Canadians. I like we it. Just drink a lot of beer. <laughs> no, it's, uh, no, it's not such like, because the way that works is like, uh, 80, like the world is evolving or the world, but the industry is evolving, let's sure. say, where the people that are used to drinking, like smashing the big name beers, the macro beers mm-hmm. are learning about these new flavors and learning about beers. And they're slowly coming over to the other side. But right. a lot of these breweries too are very small in the sense that they brew for their tap room. Mm-hmm. So the volume we put out, like we're a 35 heck brew house. So we brew 3,500 liters at a time. Okay. And uh, that gives us the ability to fly our beer with all of Sobeys. And like we have volume to back that up. We can do big, but a lot of these breweries that are opening up are very small. They're taproom focused. They have a restaurant attached or something like that brew pub. Yeah. And uh, so they're not, it's not competitive in that sense. We're not losing shelf space because of all these breweries. And a lot of them actually, it goes the other way. We work together in the sense that if I've got contacts in a certain place, I'll share them with breweries right. that are going out there to try to work and say, get their beer into that restaurant or in, onto those shelves. And it's, it's, uh, it's, it's growing like the, the amount of breweries are growing. So it, touches on competitive i guess for certain shelf space at the smaller boutique places where there is limits mm-hmm. on how many like skews they can carry mm-hmm. but it's not the industry is not like cutthroat at all like it's not like we're running out of room and there's always there's always a new person that's dropping off of that like green and red can with the bunny on it and trying something new right so <laughs> yeah what's your perspective on like i like i've been drinking for i don't know since 2007 or so. And I, it seems to me in that time that this, this craft beer sort of 
explosion. Like I, when I started drinking, there wasn't this, right? Like it's, this is a fairly new phenomenon. And obviously you're riding that wave. Like, do you have a sense of why that started? Uh, I think it's just uh, uh, like a different product, a better product. It's, there's, there's a lot that goes with it. And it's a trend that started in the States, right? Like every, all, all the craft beers, even the styles, okay. a lot of them originated in the States, worked their way back up through BC or Ontario. And then we're kind of the last to pick up on it until sure. like a couple of years now, like Alberta's got a great craft beer scene and we should, cause we've got all the bloody grain, but, uh, <laughs> got you on too, but, uh, like it all kind of originates and comes up that path and then on our coasts and then ends up at, at, at us now. But now we've got like our brewers monitor what's going on in the States, trying to figure out what, what those beer styles are coming from. But the variety, man, like yes. the variety of beer that you can get are unbelievable. And I think that is what's actually bringing those macro beer drinkers, the crushing the waters, <laughs> I call them, and uh, into something new, right? into something different that's like, got flavor and and why does this stout taste like coffee and why does this ipa taste like citrus and what what is a saison like there's like endless amounts and everybody's making these beers and they're all different right. so like you've got like if we make 12 beers and then you go to blind man and they have the same 12 styles they're all still going to taste completely different than ours because there's so much variety right like there's endless so i think that that has a lot to do with it it's always something new something cool like Craft beer drinkers, myself included, are, are like the least loyal people ever, right? You always want to try what's new. You want to try something different. Absolutely. And uh, if I see something on a shelf I've never had before, of course I'm buying it. So there's always like that that growth that way too, of just something new and cool. New and, and yeah, yeah. Well, it's that's exactly right. It's it kind of reminds me of wine. Like wine was always like that, right? There was so much variety within the region and the different grapes and all this. But I, I guess with beer, it's beer was always kind of gross up to a certain point. Like it, it just did the job, but now it's something you can really enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, it's totally coming around that way. And I love it. I love, I love seeing what other guys are doing. And like, it's, it's cool. Cause everyone puts that same effort in mm. and you end up with these products that are just fantastic. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. Like truly it is. I, I was just in Sherbrooke liquor here in kind of North central Edmonton. And I, I was like, I have an hour to get in there, find this beer, get home, eat and get on this podcast. And I get in that beer cooler. I'm like, Oh shit. I'm never going to find yep. it. I didn't find it until <laughs> someone came and helped me. <laughs> they're, they're so awesome. Sherbrooke has had like every one of our beers we've ever made on their shelves. Wow. They are, they're fantastic. And they've got a store in the East now too. So there's two locations, oh, Okay, but yeah, Sherbrooke is, uh, is an unreal, like the selection there, I get, I get lost too. Like I go in there and I'm like, I'm going to need an hour and a half. It's like going to a library. It is. Um, yeah. It is like going to a library or like a museum yeah. or, or something. I, I don't know. Or a record store maybe. So they, yeah. they had your, uh, they had the Pilsner, they had the Sidewinder and they had two. I don't usually go for the, like the porters and the stouts, but they had like your uh, vanilla. Was it the coffee vanilla stout? Yeah. That's the ice cutter vanilla latte stout. And then a, a porter, is it, in a, in a in like a darker can they had? Yeah, the green one. Yeah. Yeah, that's brand new this week, actually. That just came out. We brewed that in February originally. Wow. And we won a silver medal out of all of Canada for that beer. And then we just rebrewed it for Christmas here. So, yeah, it's back out. Night on. Yeah, very a, a very Christmassy kind of snowy night, late night beer, hey? Like those porters. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
And they had one other one. The I was I almost bought this one, the Blackberry uh, Lager or something like Blackberry that. Blackberry Hellas. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <clears throat> And that was, so that, like that beer we did in a collaboration with a company here in town called Hawkeye Lime Locating. Mm. And uh, proceeds from that, every can goes to the uh, Christmas Bureau. Mm. So we do a, a Christmas Bureau beer every year. Nice. And so a bunch of uh, proceeds from that go to the charity. And it's just kind of something we do every every Christmas to help out. That's awesome, man. And it's a Blackberry Hellas. Like it's a Blackberry Lager. It's delicious. I, I kind of feel like I screwed up and should have bought that one, but whatever. I'll get, I'll go it's, back. <laughs> yeah. If you go back, try it. Cause it's super subtle. It tastes like a nice lager. It just has a, like a purple hue to it when you pour it, mm. but the blackberry flavor doesn't like carry through super strong. It's just very, very subtle. Oh, interesting. When you, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, God, I, I love beer. That's the thing. I love beer too much. Like I, I have to limit myself, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I really do love it. It's so, it's <clears throat> just, uh, there's something, uh, I don't know. There's no every like because there's choices, right? Wine, liquor, whatever you want, cider. But beer, I guess. Well, how do you feel about it? Beer just it does something nice. <laughs> oh man, it's it's like when you like, like I like to have something to drink. Obviously, we Aaron and I do happy hour down at the beach and stuff. But it's like it's not sweet. You're not getting that overrun with sugar. Mm-hmm. You don't have to mix it. It's just and the options now, the variety, like we were talking about. It, it makes it really hard to grab anything else because it's so convenient to drink that and have a different flavor if you want it. But I, beer's always been my go-to. Here, fun fact, I actually didn't drink ever in high school. I was like 18 before I had my first drink. Uh, I always drove everywhere. Like I had a 89, G- or 89 Chevy that I drove, drove everybody around, so I never drank. <laughs> but I... I uh, I ended up moving to Alberta and then I was 18 here and could go buy beer or whatever I wanted. And I didn't even know. So I remember the first time I got drunk, <laughs> I had bought a, a six pack of Corona oh and a bottle of Captain Morgan spice rum. And I drank those six Corona and I was like, Oh man, I am the best. Like I just drank six beers and uh, 18. Right. And Holy man, yeah. I, I think I was in bed at like nine thirty that night, just KO'd. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that was my introduction to like Alberta, and I I uh, went from never having a beer to now I have a brewery. Like it's it did a full one eighty. But uh, yeah, is there a is there a sort of do you have to pace yourself or limit yourself? Like I can't drink every night. I can't drink too much. Or is it are you you're where are you at with that? Oh, it, it's, it, that's actually a great question. Cause a lot of people have asked me that it's not, man. Like you're around it so much mm. that it just becomes like, it's just there. Like a lot of times I'll, even if I go out, like there's, there's lots of times I'll come home and like Aaron and I will not, we don't have a drink. Like it's not, it's not something that's like, I'm not drinking every day, but it like, it's, you're just around it so much that it loses its novelty where you're like, Oh, we should grab a beer. It's just like, ah, like, it was all on tomorrow. Like I, I don't know. It gets to that point. I mean, I, I still like to have them on the weekends and stuff, and happy hour and some sunshine obviously makes a guy want to drink a bit more. But it's not like <clears throat> at the start. Maybe we drank a bit more than we should have, just because it was un- and new and exciting. Yeah. But no, it's not. Uh, it's funny how when you're around it all the time, you kind of just like, oh, whatever. Like, I'll, I'll have one tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's good to know. I mean. <clears throat> You know what? Let, let me just take thirty seconds. I'm gonna go grab one more beer, and we'll uh, we'll kind of we'll pick it up in in thirty seconds. Is that cool? 
I'll do the exact same thing. All righty. See you back here. <clears throat> What what have you got? I uh, I, ch I changed it up <clears throat> just like I was saying about being like the least loyal beer drinker. This is uh, Outbound Lager from Folding Mountain. Okay. So these guys, when we opened or before we opened, uh, Folding Mountain's like really tight to me because I uh, I called them. I called Eric from Folding Mountain out of nowhere. I was a nobody, not part of the industry, and I called this guy. And I, because we were trying to learn about water profiles, I was like, hey, can you tell me anything about water? Like, we're building a brewery. Mm -hmm. And Eric sat on the phone for 45 minutes with me and told me all about what they were doing, how they got their system set up and where it came from. And this is like a total stranger. It took 45 minutes out of his day. And so anyways, we opened and immediately I was in contact with these guys, went up, talked to them. And to this day, Eric and I are still buds. Like, we've done a collaboration here together. And, uh, but yeah, this is, uh, Outbound Lager. They, I think it's new this year, actually. I was just up there for my birthday on November 14th and they had that out. So I grabbed some. Beautiful. Well, ha happy belated birthday. Ah, thanks, man. And <laughs> shout out to Folding, where are they at? Cause I saw Folding Mountain. I saw those, I saw them in the store too on my search. Yeah. They're up in uh, Hinton or just, uh, okay. just west of Hinton. It, man, if you ever get a chance to go out there, mm. the brewery is unbelievable. It's beautiful. Cool. Talk in the mountains. They got cabins all around it. Wow. So there's like, you can rent these cabins and stuff. And it's hiking trails, man. It's so sweet out there. Very interesting. Hinton, is that past Edson or it's on the way to Edson from Edmonton? Do you know? If you're heading from Edmonton, it's it's past Edson. You hit Edson and then, and then after that, you'll hit Bowling Mountain. Right, right. Okay. Oh. But yeah. Had a couple foggy nights out there. No it's kidding. pretty, uh, pretty all right. Stumbling out to the back out to the cabin or whatever. To the cabin. Yeah. <laughs> but what does that tell you though about the, some of the guys in the industry where he'll he'll talk to a competitor essentially for forty five minutes about some some fundamental thing? You know, he he yeah. he helped you really. Oh yeah, <clears throat> and and since then, like we've gotten the. The opportunity to return that like mm. rival trade just opened in rocky mountain house and those guys have been in walked through our brewery we've showed them everything helped them with like some business numbers and how like wholesale retail pricing that kind of thing works and it's like we pass that along i've actually passed along contacts to them for like the purchaser for central Alberta co-op mm. for stuff like that like uh, like introductory emails and stuff to help these guys get their beer out on the shelves and it's not something like i'm not worried about it being a competitor, right? Like that's not what it is. They're just, it's really cool what they're doing. They're going down the same path we just did. So, mm. so I, I want to see them succeed too. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's kind of crazy. It's not a cutthroat market, is it? It's like a market where almost, I mean, I'm not gonna say anybody, but there's room for a lot of different approaches. That is so true. And if you go to like a bunch of different craft breweries, you will see from one mm -hmm. style to the other, man, there's like mm -hmm. total class built, Everything's 
so like precise and then you see other ones that are just like so like if you ever go down to uh, uh to calgary cold garden man okay. that place is a party all the time hmm. it's unreal they've got couches and they let dogs in there like it is so much fun you go in the vibe and, and then you've got like a place like ours which is kind of geared towards like tourists and families and stuff going through and then you've got like it's just the the variety of everything like people can express however they feel like craft beer should be mm. with their their business and it's so and that's like labels too like you look at the labels on different cans yes. and just, <clears throat> the personalities that come out of these breweries are pretty cool no, it's, it is it's true it is, it is art you know in a certain like it's it's sure it's a consumable good whatever you want to say but it is art i think it's people expressing their their feelings their values their their the way they think the world should be comes out in their in their beer <clears throat> Yeah, totally. <laughs> did you guys did you guys sit down and have like a, a vision or like a mission statement or a, a set of values that sort of <clears throat> helped you get uh, Snake Lake off the ground? Like, what was kind of your your aim? Like, what did you want to do ultimately? Ah, oh, man, like we, like I say, rounded out that business plan, um, and then just basically did what we do in the our old jobs, right? We just head down ass up built this place and never look back it just it just kind of we've been pushing since day one to make sure everything we do every move we make is got a reason for it or there's no like it's it's always fairly in tune with what's happening in the market but no we don't have like a vision statement i guess don't be a dumbass might be a yeah, good one that's a good but, one uh, I think more people should have that one <laughs> <laughs> but uh but I think that's like that. We're all. It's pretty casual. Like it's okay. it's beer. Like we're everybody's doing their best. Nobody's not pulling their weight. It's it's we're a pretty good family. We got going on with the with the brewery team. Nice. So there's you and there's Bill. Like, is there some kind of mad scientist, genius brewmaster behind the scenes, or or how does like how does the deep science and the you know the actual beer get made? Who's running that show? Oh man, we just get all our recipes off the internet. Okay. <laughs> Anybody can no. do it. Anybody can do it. <laughs> no, we we got uh, when we opened originally, we had uh, the uh, one of the greatest brewmasters I've met in my time in this industry. Uh, Octavio Pauli came to work with us, mm. so we hired him from uh, R and B Brewing out in Vancouver. And he moved out here and started up the brewery with us, actually helped us build a lot of the brewery with uh, just as like extra hands on deck and came up with all our beer styles. Um, cool. A lot of our recipes, like we still produce today are his recipes. And uh, he did an amazing job. One, like our Pilsners won two gold medals out of Canada back to back. Like for the last two years, it's the best Pilsner in Canada. Damn. And that's small town Sylvan Lake. Like we're making it here. And that's, it's really cool to see what these guys do and the time and effort they put into each beer style and while following trends in the States to know what's coming mm. or trying to build onto a style that they're interested in or something that's gone extinct for a while or like they, these guys are so good at what they do. It, it just blows your, blows my mind. And we have brewed like, so I think we've brewed 390 batches of beer um, at 3,500 hex a batch. Okay. And we have never dumped a batch of beer. Like, there's never been a batch that's gone bad. Whoa. So that's, and I'm pretty, pretty proud of that. Like those guys, I, I know that even though they're hard to deal with sometimes they're uh, <laughs> doing the absolute best work they can. And it shows in the product. 
But since then, Octavio has left us. He's gone back to Vancouver to actually open his own brewery, which I cannot wait to have a pint in one day. And uh, now we have Jesse Thompson as our head brewer. And yeah, the guy's killing it. Same thing. This year we won gold out of Canada again. And uh, so obviously his brew style is showing through. And we've given them a very good facility, I think, to, to be artistic and to try new things. And we don't put a cap on what they can and can't do we kind of let them have free reign we we, we do brew like proposals for costing for because fruit's expensive <laughs> yeah. so you just a bunch of fruit and beer all of a sudden you got to charge twice as much for it but um we we kind of let them be like hey like what styles do you want uh and they'll bring it up and make it like it's not like we, we i don't go downstairs every monday morning and be like jesse you're making a pear saison today right. like I, I never do that i've if there's a restaurant deal or a liquor store flyer or something where they want something specific, we'll work with them on that. But it's not like they, all of our seasonals that come out, they've got full control over them and we just make it happen for them. That's awesome. That's what you, yeah. have, that's what you have to do with those guys, right? Is just give them the, the room to work and trust that they're going to deliver. Yeah. And they, he has none of them have let us down. Like the, the beers they've kicked out are, are exceptional. And I, I get very spoiled with the quality of product that comes out of our, uh, out of our brew house. Well, that's, that's awesome. So what, um, how many different beers can you have going at once in the, in the brewery? Well, we have, we've got 13 tanks. Three of them are bright tanks. So we can essentially have 10 different beers okay. going at one time, wow. but that's not the way it works because of volume. Sure. Like our core beers, the Sidewinder, IPA, Kinetic Pilsner, Vanilla Latte Stout, the Ice Cutter, and the Drink Easy, the Low Cal, those are our four main cores. Okay. So they'll always be like, in the brewery, there'll always be like three to five tanks just for IPA because we move so much of it mm-hmm. that we always have an abundance of that. And then there'll probably be like three tanks of pills there because that's the next. And then the other ones we'll play with. So there'll always be like one or potentially two seasonals in the tanks at a time, but okay. the rest, they're just for cores just because we need to keep up. I've made a commitment pretty much to anybody that put us on a shelf or on a draft handle uh, that we will not run out of that beer. Like if you put us on with the IPA, I promise you, you'll never go to buy one and it'll be out. Like that's the thing that I made to people. Cause that's a, a really craft beer thing, right? Like a lot of them, uh, a lot of customers I've had have asked being like, well, I don't want to deal with craft beer because I put make room, put these guys on and then they don't have product. Interesting. And I was like, not something we're going to do. Like we're, our volumes were built to make volume. That's what we do. And, I can, I've to this day been able to hold up that, that promise. So I knock on wood, don't mess that up. (laughs) So far, so so good. I mean, you're, you're right then it is, you are a hardworking brand. Like you, you guys, that's what you stand for is like, you get us in, we're going to keep delivering the good stuff forever (laughs) or, you know, as long as possible. Yeah. One, it is so cool to like go up almost surreal to go like sit at a restaurant up in a city and your beers on tap, right? Like yeah. I go to a place that I went to in trade school, um, Toe and Turtle and Red Deer is a good one. I used to go there every day for lunch and now I can go sit in there and kill a pint of my Pilsner and it's like, wow, like this is a completely different spot in my life. But here I am in the same four walls. Wow. It's pretty cool. Yeah. It's like seeing yourself on TV or something. Like you've, you know, you're, yeah. <laughs> you're a producer now. You're not just the consumer. You're, you're, you're part of this culture, man. You're making it. So yeah. to speak. So what, is there a long-term vision for you, for you and Snake Lake? Do you one day want to sell out or do you want to own this until you, uh, until you expire or what's, what do you see? So that goes along with the way I got into this. 
uh, sometimes I can't see past my own dashboard. Right. So I'm like pretty day to day, man. Like I, I love what we're doing, but if here's some like food for thought of what, where we're going right now is we actually just picked up the building uh, beside us. So another 5,600 square foot building nice. and are building a distillery. So we have uh, still on its way from Poland right now. Our tanks are on the way as well. And we've got our uh, wall package because you need like a four hour bomb room basically around it. Uh, that got dropped off today. And yeah, so we should have our distillery up and running mid-January, I want to say. Oh, wow. And so we'll, that's, huge. that's kind of our next, next chapter is to push into some spirits and keep growing. So like, it's not like, it's not like anything on the radar that I'd ever want to sell. Like I, I love the business we've built. I love where we're at. I love getting up every day and going to where I get to go sell a product and be part of something that I built from the ground up. Like that's, that's huge. So yeah, I, I think it would take a lot to, to even like change my mind on that a little bit, but I mean, I, who knows, right? Like it's, everything's changed so much in the last two years as it is, but right. we're still growing as a company and we're going to be building that distillery and then see from there how much how much more room we have and we can build something cool outside i want to do a big patio and maybe a big outdoor stage and nice. do some cool stuff. yeah so we're doing smoke barbecue too we got a couple oh. smokers so we do like smoke barbecue every thursday friday saturday so there's always like yeah i gotta like come weird. i gotta come down what the hell in june yeah man i'll come down that's crazy it's, uh, it's pretty cool combo like we do it's a Rob's our chef and he's got uh, a couple smokers in there. We've got a big like offset wood smoker that you can like, so it's all stick burner, right? Like we're burning applewood okay. and uh, we can fit this smoker so big. You can fit a steer on it. Oh, like it's huge. My God. So he's doing briskets and pulled pork and all sorts of stuff like that. And then we also have a stand up pellet smoker, like a tall commercial one sure. that we do all our wings and, pig wings and just appies all that that kind of stuff like we do in the pellet smoker so i mean beer and barbecue go good together oh, right Why would... the... <laughs> god damn you guys are doing it right you guys are doing it right. <laughs> but you must capitalize big time is there a lot of tourist traffic out to sylvan lake still yeah in the summer it's super busy and we get a lot of people coming through from different cities and stuff but we're kind of like the local hangout we're off we're not on lakeshore so we're not down right on the beach and the like okay awesome box of all that chaos we're kind of in the we're on the highway as you come in mm. um still accessible like easy to find but it's we get a lot of the local crowd like people that don't want that busy, crazy beach vibe that's going on for two months here which is awesome but uh yeah. like a little hideaway and we've got a nice patio we've got a i i love our tap room i don't know if you've been to it or seen pictures of it but we've got like all timber frame interior oh, wow so you sit in these beams, but it's all open to the tank. So when you're sitting in the tap room, nice. uh, you see all the stainless steel. You can see the guys working in the back, see what's going on. Like it's, it's a really cool vibe. We built it as like, we actually laid it out damn near four tours. So you, if you go there, we do tours, obviously, of how beer's made. But the transition of how you walk through the brewery is laid out to do that very, very like Oh, there's a word I'm, I'm missing here. Easily. <laughs> there's a better word. It's, but, it's uh, but it's, sure. Yeah. But yeah, like it's, it's laid out for tours. Like it's, it's, it's really cool. And like to have people in there is, is awesome in the tour season too, but we do get a lot of local, more, more local traffic, I think. Interesting. Adam, I really have to go to the bathroom. That's the one downside of the beer. I want to, I want <laughs> 
I want to use the washroom. I want to come back. We'll we'll kind of wrap it up and we'll we'll, uh, we'll meet back in thirty seconds. Is that cool? Sounds good, man. Okay, thanks. What does yeah. that look like for delivery? Like it all comes from one place and yet it goes all over the province. How does that work? Yeah, so there's a distribution company called Connect Logistics, and uh, what it is is it's it's a distribution center through the AGLC okay. uh, in Edmonton. So we send skids to connect and then any liquor store, any restaurant can go on to the, uh, the portal and order whatever product they want. And it shows up. I think there's twice a week. It does, they do deliveries. Hmm. So we stock connect and then for any of the outlying, like far away places, they, they purchase out of connect. Okay. And then we also do delivery for like Edmonton. We do a run every Wednesday, Calgary, we do a run every Tuesday and then central Alberta. We also service like Thursday, Friday with our own delivery trucks. Okay. But, uh, but yeah, like connect connects amazing. It's, I mean, there's fees attached to it and there's like a little bit of like, uh, logistical organization you have to be good at. Right. But once you've got dialed in, like it's, it's pretty awesome that someone can click a button on a mouse in Lethbridge and four of your flats show up there the, the same week. Right. Like that's, I can't do that. No. So it's, it's pretty cool. Okay. But that's how that works. Yeah, it's just a big distribution warehouse in Edmonton, and they uh, they send stuff all over, which is pretty uh, pretty pretty awesome. That for is because they need like ten trucks to be getting that kind of volume. Out. No kidding! Wow, that's beautiful. That's funny. I interviewed for a job at Connect Logistics years ago, and I didn't get the job. So, hey, you know what? It was probably for the best. I probably, <laughs> I might not have fit in. Who knows? Warehouse work is it can be grueling. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you never know. They uh, they've been they've been pretty good to work with, but I mean, there's always there's always stuff you're like, what is going on, or like you can't get a hold of somebody, or like, right. and they've been they've been pretty good to deal with. <laughs> well, that's funny you say that. Like, it's there's always stuff going on. There's always these head scratching moments. But you're building a business with your name on it. You're building your life. It must be always. It must always feel worth it, right? Yeah, yeah. Everything like that's that's the ex the extra time is not a big deal. Like if stuff happens, like whatever, you're always going to put in that extra effort to make sure it's. It's going to happen. And uh, anything you've invested some time into, you're going to see through, which is pretty nice. It's just hard. My, my biggest flaw is like letting con- control go. Like oh. I, I want to know everything. I want to know exactly what's happening. Hmm. And we've gotten to a point where I can't do that anymore. Um, I got to trust the people working for me and just let it happen. But it, it drives me crazy when I get like an email or something about something and I have no clue what it's about. Oh, and it's no. like, what, what are these people even referring to? <laughs> And I'll be like, oh, yeah, no, I got that handled. Don't worry. I'm like, well, what, what was it? Like, what, what was this even regarding? Right. So it's it's hard for me to, like, let that stuff go. But I'm learning. I'm, like I say, I'm growing with the business. So sure. it's, yeah, I don't know. It's just that pride and ownership you want to see stuff through. Absolutely. No, that's, that's very interesting. I, I can't imagine, like, I, I am an entrepreneur, freelancer. Like, all my business is my business. I couldn't imagine all of a sudden someone else was doing something. It's like, What? You did what yeah. with my name on it? Essentially, like that's cool. I mean, it's good. I mean, that's yeah. what that's what it would take to grow, right? Yeah, and we're at that point where I can't like can't I? Yeah, you just need to need to trust people. Otherwise, you're gonna just make yourself crazy, right? So when when it comes to hiring p- the staff, are you in on that process of of meeting the people, or, or is that even something that you've moved beyond? No, no, I'm definitely part of that. Like, we're still very involved. It, it depends on where, what, what area. Like, if it's in the brewing, anything to do with the brewing, like, team, yes, I'm part of it. If it's 
anything to do with like our bartenders and stuff, I generally let the bar manager and Bill will probably sit in on that. Um, anything in the sales team, I'm obviously 100% involved with. Nice. And then our men's staff, I'm involved with that. But like, if it's we go through quite a few bartenders, and really, my opinion on that doesn't really matter because they're not going to work for me directly, anyways. Mm. So I kind of trust the bar manager and Bill to take care of that. And then with the brewing, even with the brewing team, if it's not like a head brewer or assistant brewer, um, they'll just that's why we have a head brewer, right? Like he's going to work with who he wants to work with. So he's, mm. he's more important to have that meeting or that hiring than I am. Right. Like I'm not, what does it matter to me if they're like, can do certain skill if that's not a skill set we need to add to the team. Like, I don't, I don't know. I'm not in there every day. So mm. that's, I trust a little bit of it away. And if it's like a really like higher up important position that we're feeling that's going to affect my world, then I'm definitely part of it. Interesting. No, that's very cool, man. I I guess just to wrap it up, we'll say thanks to Allie Stone for uh, making this connection. And original Joe's, man, you get two sides with your with your burger. We love we love that. <laughs> yep. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. You get got that. Uh, do you see that new menu change? They got that spicy, crispy chicken burger on there now. Oh man, I'm gonna go right now. What? And and hummus, man. They got hummus on there. Oh no. <laughs> It's like pretzel, like warm pretzel dip. Oh man, deadly, deadly. God damn. Wow. Yeah. I, I, and thank, same thing that you're just saying. Thank you, Ali. This is really cool. Yes. I'm glad, uh, glad we got to be part of this. Thank you for introducing us. Yes. Ali, she, man, she's connecting me to so many great people and here's, here's one more. So maybe just say a few words about what your relationship with original Joe's has been like. And, and they're, they're really, they're a different, they do restaurant a little, a little different. Yeah, we uh, we have a very, very big partnership with Original Joe's. We're actually on tap at every Original Joe's in Alberta um, with the Sidewinder IPA. So every single store that you walk into, doesn't matter what city, the Sidewinder will be on tap there. Beautiful. And that's like something that started from basically in Red Deer. We started working with the Framworks crew here at State Maine and Original nice. Joe's. And then it grew from there. And I actually ended up, I got to tag along to one of their AGMs to Mexico. Oh no. So I went to this <laughs> annual general meeting in Mexico with the whole crew. Uh-oh. And uh, man, that's some, some memories down there that like, it's it's just stuff you get to do that you wouldn't normally do on a day-to-day basis with these people. And it just like solidifies that bond of like, we're not just a customer supplier relationship, customer vendor, like we're it, everybody in the industry, every store that I stop at, like you, you know them, they're like friends. It's such a cool company to get to draw by and see these people because they're all cool people. Like everyone's yeah. like, all right, they're having fun. They've got a good like business ethic. Like everybody's like, it's, it's just a, it's a cool business to be associated with. And I'm like, I'm pretty, pretty thankful that for what they do for us on a, on a day-to-day basis, because honestly we wouldn't be who we are without uh, their help in the industry. It's, it's far beyond what we ever imagined. So wow. yeah, very, very cool to be part of that with them. Big, big shouts out to, uh, yeah, original Joe's because you're right. That's kind of their brand is, is helping the the little guy a lot of the time is they, you know, they, they, they try and do better for the community. I suppose that they're a part of. Yeah. And it is like, I think I was doing cool stuff like that. Open a new one down in Kensington with a whole new like floor plan or like, or, uh, they're like interior models completely different Man, it's like sweet to see the way that company itself is evolving and what they're changing and kind of progressing into the future with and ah, I'm glad to be part of the ride. 
Right on. And I tell you what, you go get a burger, you get fries and a salad, and you get the Sidewinder. You're absolutely, there's nothing better in, in life. Kona Burger, man. The Kona, Kona Burger. burger. There you go. Does that have a pineapple on it? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I every second of it. Oh, baby. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, Adam, I want you to stay on the line just so I can get some information from you, but we'll wrap it up. I'll say thank you for sharing all this information. It's beer is... Uh, beer is life, man. I love this stuff. It's glad to talk to someone who's a beer man. And I guess I would just say, um, if, if people want to drink your beer, like what's the best way? Like, how can I find out where to get this stuff? Cold. Cold. <laughs> just shut the, <laughs> shut the hell up and make it simple. Drink it cold. Okay. Uh, no, you can get it. Like, like I say, it's all over the place. If you want it on draft, check out, go drop in an original Joe's. Um, We've got, uh, uh, as far as retail goes, like any of the, in like Edmonton area, if you want to go with that, like Sherbrooke Liquor, Sherbrooke East, Little Guy Liquor, Beer Shack, Spirit Zone 101, all the wine and beyonds, Sobeys, Safeway, all those liquor stores. Um, we've got, a, and I mean, if you go into a liquor store, actually, let me put it this way. If you go sure. to a liquor store and we're not on the shelf and you want to try our beer, ask them to bring it in because they can just go and connect bring it in and that helps us out so much because you just got us a shelf space on a liquor store, uh, like liquor store shelf and it, it moves our product for us and you get to try it. So it's even better if you go into your local store that doesn't have it and ask them to bring it in. And that's like, that's what we do every day for sales. So you're helping us grow as a business and you get to try our product. That's a great idea. That's genius marketing. Don't, don't go looking for it. Go, go wherever you want and tell them to give it to you. Go out. Ask for it, yeah. Ask for it. Beautiful. Okay, Snake Lake, get the Sidewinder, crush six of them on a Wednesday and make bad choices. <laughs> Boom. I love it. Adam Knockbauer, <laughs> thank you, brother. This was a great chat. I, I mean, I love your beer. Great to meet you. Right back at you, man. This is definitely the most beer I've had on an episode. <laughs> I have the people. Thank you for listening to the North Bank Media Podcast. If you enjoy this conversation, please subscribe on YouTube and give us a like. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe as well and leave a five-star review.